0: Hi Northeast, this is Miss H and welcome back to the podcast. Um, I have a new story for you guys as always, um, but I just want to make sure you're checking your emails, okay? We're coming up on May 4th and May 4th is when we're going to start our new virtual learning, learning new material and getting graded on it, okay? So please, please, please make sure that you are prepared for this, okay? Check your emails, check Google Classroom. I will post everything you need to know on there, okay? Um, so going back to the podcast, today's story that we're going to read is called The Aged Mother by Matsuo Basho, okay? This is more of a moral story, right? It's more of a fable. This story is meant teach you a lesson about something that is important. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. The Aged Mother by Matsuo Basho. Long, long ago, there lived at the foot of the mountain a poor farmer and his aged widowed mother. They owned a bit of land which supplied them with food, and they were humble, peaceful, and happy. Shinning was governed by a despotic leader who, though a warrior, had a great and cowardly shrinking from anything suggestive of failing health and strength. This caused him to send out a cruel proclamation. The entire province was given strict orders to immediately put to death all aged people. Those were barbarous days, and the custom of abandoning old people to die was not uncommon. The poor farmer loved his aged mother with tender reverence and the order filled his heart with sorrow. But no one ever thought twice about obeying the mandate of the governor, so with many deep and hopeless sighs, the youth prepared for what at that time was considered the kindest mode of death. Just at sundown, when his day's work was ended, he took a quantity of unwhitened rice, which was the principal food for the poor, and he cooked, dried it, and tied it in a square cloth, which he swung in a bundle around his neck, Along with a gourd filled with cool, sweet water. Then he lifted his helpless old mother to his back and started on his painful journey up the mountain. The road was long and steep. The narrow road was crossed and recrossed by many paths made by the hunters and woodcutters. In some places they were lost and confused, but he gave no heed. One path or another, it mattered not. On he went, climbing blindly upward ever upward towards the high, bare summit of what is known as Abatsuyama, the mountain of the abandoning of the aged. The eyes of the old mother were not so dim, but they noted the reckless hastening from one path to another, and her loving heart grew anxious. Her son did not know the mountain's many paths, and his return might be one of danger. So she stretched forth her hand, and snapping the twigs from brushes as they passed, She quietly dropped a handful every few steps of the way so that as they climbed, the narrow path behind them was dotted at frequent intervals with tiny piles of twigs. At last the summit was reached. Weary and heartsick, the youth gently released his burden and silently prepared a place of comfort as his last duty to the loved one. Gathering fallen pine trees, he made a soft cushion and tenderly lifted his old mother onto it. Hugh wrapped her padded coat more closely about the stooping shoulders, and with tearful eyes and an aching heart, he said farewell. The trembling mother's voice was full of unselfish love as she gave her last injunction. Let not thine eyes be blinded, my son, she said. The mountain road is full of dangers. Look carefully and follow the path which holds the piles of twigs. They will guide you to the familiar path farther down. The son's surprised eyes looked back over the path, then at the poor old shriveled hands all scratched and soiled by the work of love. His heart broke within, and bowing to the ground he cried aloud, O Honorable Mother, your kindness breaks my heart, I will not leave you. Together we will follow the path of twigs, and together we will die. Once more he shouldered his burden, how light it seemed now, and hastened down the path, through the shadows and the moonlight, to the little hut in the valley. Beneath the kitchen floor was a walled closet for food, which was covered and hidden from view. There the son hid his mother, supplying her with everything she needed, continually watching and fearing she would be discovered. Time passed, and he was beginning to feel safe when again the governor sent forth heralds, bearing an unreasonable order, seemingly as a boast of his power. His demand was that his subjects should present with him a rope of ashes. The entire province trembled with dread. The order must be obeyed, yet who in all shinning could make a rope of ashes? One night, in great distress, the son whispered the news to his hidden mother. Wait, she said. I will think. I will think. On the second day, she told him what to do. Make rope of twisted straw, she said then stretch it upon a row of flat stones and burn it on a windless night. He called the people together and did as she said, and when the blaze died down, there upon the stones, with every twist and fiber showing perfectly, lay a rope of ashes. The governor was pleased at the wit of the youth and praised greatly, but he demanded to know where he had obtained his wisdom. Alas, alas, cried the farmer, the truth must be told and with deep bows he related his story. The governor listened and then meditated in silence. Finally, he lifted his head. Shinning needs more than strength of youth, he said gravely. Ah, that I should have forgotten the well-known saying, with the crown of snow there cometh wisdom. That very hour the cruel law was abolished and custom drifted into as far a past that only legends remain. Okay boys and girls, that was The Aged Mother by Matsuo Basho. So as always, we're going to do a little bit of a discussion part of the story. You don't have to write anything, not for this. Um, So just listen to me as I talk about my discussion, what I think the story is about, what lesson it's trying to teach us, and then you can share it with your family and friends if you so choose. So in this story, The only characters that we really need to worry about in this case are the farmer, his old mother, and the tyrannical leader, right? He's the one who puts forth the law that every single old person must die, right? They don't need them. So in this case, the son loves his mother so much that he wants to do the kindest thing that he can without breaking the law, which in this case was just leaving her on a mountain right? In a way, yes, he is killing her by doing this, but he's not doing it in a way where it is, um, you know, super tragic, not in a way that is super, um, gory, you know? This is the kindest way, right? This is the kindest way that he can think of, um, letting his mother go. Now, in times like this, we were talking about, um, especially with the lottery, we were talking about this theme of tradition, right? Now, in this story, this is a relatively new law that has been given. However, if you look at the second paragraph of the story, it says, those were barbarous days and the custom of abandoning old people to die was not uncommon, right? So this isn't something that just happened to show up, right? This was something that this culture, wherever these people were, this was something that was done. You know, an older person comes, they don't really have much to offer, right? They can't do the work that a young person can do, right? So, in this case, this leader thought that just giving them away and killing them was going to be better because maybe they wouldn't be another mouth to feed, right? Remember, it was. A poor village that was going on. So maybe they were worried about food, right? So killing these old people was a way to have less mouths to feed. Um, But kind of going back to it, right? This farmer loved his mother so much that he wanted to do the kindest thing possible and just leave her on the mountain. He did make food for her, he did fill um, a canteen filled with water so that she would have it. He even made like a little bed for her right? He made a little bed for her made with like different twigs and different like pine cones and all that different stuff along the way. So that way she would have a comfortable place to actually sit. But the thing was, is that this entire time that the farmer was climbing the mountain, the mother was starting to realize that her son was going to get lost. There were so many paths on this mountain that were crisscrossing and she was afraid for his own safety right? She wasn't worried about herself, right? She knew that this was going to happen either way, but she still wanted her son to live and not get lost. So what she did, she picked little pieces of twigs from bushes or from smaller trees, and she made a path for him, kind of almost like Hansel and Gretel, right? When they took the bread and they were um, leaving the breadcrumbs, right? So they could find their way back to the house, Um, so in this case, the mother did the same thing, but with twigs. Um, finally, when they finally get to the top of the mountain and the son, you know, leaves or tries to leave, the mother says that, look, I've made a path for you. Please follow this down. You know, don't get lost, right? This is my last, um, act of love for you, right? And at that point, the farmer just said, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't leave you. The last thing you did for me was to make sure I was going to go down safe. So, you know what? If the if the leader, right, if this general is going to kill me or kill you, he's might as well kill me too, right? I can't leave you here. So he brings him down, hides his mother. Um, it seems like under the floorboards. Yeah, beneath the kitchen floor was a walled closet for food. So it's kind of like a little compartment under the floor. Keeps her in there, right? Keeps her hidden, keeps her safe, he gives her food, anything that she may need. Um, But in this case, this general or this leader now says that he just wants a rope of ashes. So ashes are the, you know, the kind of like black powder that's kind of left after something burns. So not only does he want something burned in ashes, but he wants it to look like a rope. So we all know what a rope looks like. So it's very difficult to get a shape like that because usually once something's burned, it just ends up in a pile, right? So everyone's like freaking out, like how are we going to make this rope of ashes? How are we going to be able to do this? But the mother was the one who knew how to do all these things, right? If he had left his mother up there to die on the mountain, like you said he originally was going to do, He wouldn't have that knowledge. He wouldn't have that wisdom that she has by saying, you know what, make the rope, but instead wrap it in straw first and then burn it so that way once it is burned, it will stay in the shape of the rope, right? So as that general comes down and he sees, right, the rope of ashes, he says, wow, this is amazing. How did you know how to do this? The farmer was just overrun with guilt, right? And he just says that, you know, his mother is still alive. She's the one who gave him this wisdom in order to do what needed to be done. And then the leader says that, oh, you know, I kind of forgot that with, you know, in that last paragraph, it says, I've forgotten the well-known saying, with the crown of snow, there cometh wisdom, right? So the crown of snow, meaning white hair, so older hair, um... It comes wisdom. So in this case, he realizes that his law about killing all of these old people is a bad thing, and that now this law can go away, and that these legends can be a story to pass down, right? So the people have learned from their mistake, or this general has learned from his mistake, which in this case is a pretty big mistake to have to learn from because as far as we know, we don't know how many old people died because of this. We just know about the farmer and his mother, right? She lives. But how about the rest of the people in the village who had to kill, you know, their loved ones? I think the general kind of got off a little bit easy on this one, but I digress. This is just something that we can infer, right? We don't know what actually happens. But in this case, if this story was written to be more, um, At this time, like in 2020, I would imagine that a lot of people would be very angry and would probably revolt against this guy, this leader, right? Uh, But in this case, this story is trying to tell us something, right? It's trying to teach us something. That's why it's a moral. That's why it has this theme that was in here, right? And so this moral that I believe that is the most prominent thing that's happening is To respect your elders, to listen to your elders because they have knowledge and they have wisdom that we as a young generation don't have because we haven't lived as long as they have. They have been through so many things, Mm -hmm. right? And with all of these things comes knowledge, comes wisdom, and that's the kind of knowledge that they can give to us so that way when we get older, we can give that wisdom or give that knowledge knowledge to the younger generation after us, right? So that is it for the discussion part of this. If you want to discuss anything, make sure you post on the comments underneath on Google Classroom. You can talk about it with your classmates, see what you guys thought of it if you enjoyed the short story. Um, And with that, I just want to remind you guys to please, please, please check your emails for anything from Mr. Crowder, anything from myself, because on May 4th, We are going to be starting new instruction and a new grading system, okay? So there will be new grades being put in on May 4th. So please make sure you are prepared for that. And with that, I will say goodbye and I'll see you on the next podcast. Bye-bye.